Pop quiz. What is the best ergonomic position? Answer, the next one. If you know me well, you probably thought I would say standing or maybe running. My guest today is a bit of an expert on ergonomics and has a lot of insights to help you and I get through our days with greater health and productivity. This is the 5AM Miracle, episode number 370. Ergonomically optimized workspaces with Fluid Stance founder Joel Heath. Good morning, I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My guest today is passionate about movement and has a personal mission to move the world. He is an innovator, brand architect, and founder and CEO of Fluid Stance, a lifestyle products company that is well known for their balance boards. And now here is my interview with Joel Heath. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to be here. So my first question for you is, are you standing right now? I am definitely standing and I'm moving while I stand, if you will. So uh, I, I think standing's great, but they're uh, not all standing is the same, if you will. Yeah, that is true. That's that's what I want to discuss today is to get into all the the fun details about standing desks and balance boards and you know ergonomics of workspaces and all these great topics that I've been really interested in for many years. And so I want to hear kind of your story of when did you first d- decide to make the, the move to a standing desk or to just stand more often and what was kind of the impetus for you to really make that switch? I'll try to make the story as short as possible, but it kind of is a journey, if you will. So my first company was based out of Vail, Colorado, and we had, a, as you can imagine, a pretty active lifestyle. So our staff meetings were on the chairlift, and we would ski in between conversations. And so we, it was very movement-based uh, organization and had the opportunity to sell that in 2008 and came inside uh, adventure footwear brand, ironically, and I just started to sit a lot more and all of a sudden started to realize what everybody else was up against, where I was in board meetings or on airplane rides or conference rooms and all those kinds of things. And I just started to play with the idea of what movement would look like while I was trying to maintain productivity at a desk and started tinkering in the garage. And 27 different prototypes later, I launched uh, this our first product, which was the Level uh, by Fluid Stance, which just creates subtle instability underneath your feet so that you can maintain keystroke productivity. Our goal was to have less than a 1% impact in your keystroke productivity, but increase your caloric burn by over 10% called non-exercise activity thrombosis is what uh, uh, those doctors in the world talk about it and how you can stimulate just general activity doing ordinary things. And that's really kind of where this company launched in uh, 2015. Yeah, it's a great concept. I mean, the idea that you can stand at a desk, but still be moving while you're doing so, like I found just, I was intrigued by that concept many years ago. And when I got this balance board, you know, I, I immediately found that it was just such a fun way to do my work. And I've literally stood on a balance board like I am now. I've stood on this board for probably eight years. And I use it every single day. And it's I, I can't imagine using a standing desk now without one, which is kind of what one of my next questions for you is, what does it look like for someone if you don't have a balance board, if you're just going to stand still? Like, does that lead to, I guess, locking your knees or health problems? Or what's the real advantage to having that movement? Yeah, I mean, as you can imagine, coming from Vail and then now I'm in Santa Barbara, California, much of my life has been influenced by board sports. So you know, what I looked at is how does board sports create that movement on a 
uh, sedentary surface, if you will, and create that activity that you want. So one of the things that I was looking at is uh, at the same time that I was uh, working on this product, natural footwear movement was coming on. And we started to learn that when we were putting more cushion underneath people's feet, they actually were striking the pavement harder when they ran. And the same thing is true when we stand. We can stand on kind of cushy mats that feel good, but the reality is is that we're actually settling into our joints rather than into our muscles where our body is built to absorb uh, kind of the strain throughout the day or that movement. And so in my belief, having an active standing position rather than a passive standing position is much better for the body. It keeps you moving. And then one of the things you touched on, Jeff, it's just more fun. I mean, the reality <laughs> is we would always want to be on a board uh, rather than sitting on our butt any day. And so the thing I'm most proud of is 82% of our users, one, they use it for over three hours a day, but two, 82% of them report that they're happier at their desk. And, you know, if I could bottle that into a pill, I'd probably be retired by now. But uh, here I am in the hard goods business and making things hard, right? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, from that perspective of of standing for you know many hours a day, I know a lot of people who you know are at a sitting desk and have done so for a long time, they fear that they stand too long. That could also be bad. So what, is there a, like a, a balance in that sense of trying to figure out how much to sit versus stand versus do other activities? Or, or what does that look like in terms of, I guess, an active and healthy lifestyle? But that's a great question. You know, I think anything, like if, if you're going to run a race and you're just coming off the couch, you need to kind of move into it a little bit at a time. And where I people I see people fail the most in standing desks and on balance boards and such is where they go from zero to 100 right off the bat. So I recommend a 70-20-10 formula. Doing 70% of what you're doing today, 20% into the new behavior, and then 10% in actual walking, moving around, all of that good stuff. And then slowly getting that to a 50-50. They say the best ergonomic position is the next one. So moderation is really key in whatever you're doing. So, you know, I do have chairs in my office. I do sit down. But I also want to make sure that sitting is not a place where I get stuck. Um, and you want to make sure if you move too much too, then you can't do the things that you need to do at specific times of the day. So really listening to your body and not allowing yourself to get caught in the, um, the trench that so many of us do, whether it's a chair or, you know, excessive training or things along those lines, it's moderation. That is, in my opinion, the silver bullet. And our product is designed to add that third component. It's not sit or stand. It can be movement while you're standing in a specific location. Well, on that same topic, have you ever tried a treadmill desk before? I have. I have. And, you know, I think they make a lot of sense for sure. It's just not all of us have that kind of square footage or budget to be able to pull that off. And I think keystroke productivity for me was a little bit more important. And that walking motion was a little bit more challenging for me. So that's where I felt like our product had a place. But uh, yeah, I love treadmill desks. I love anything that gets you moving. I got to be honest, Jeff. So, <laughs> I mean, if somebody finds the solution that's right for them, then it's right for for them, but it might not be right for everyone. Yeah, definitely. I think movement has been the thing that has really struck me as what has been most helpful is that, you know, I have a standing desk, but I actually I bought a new one recently that allows me to adjust between, you know, sitting versus standing or having, you know, a middle ground if I want to. But I've just found over time that movement is what makes me feel better. And to that degree, if we are going to be like, let's say in the same position for many hours a day working, is there a certain kind of body posture that's best or is the goal really to like remind ourselves to just keep moving? 
Yeah. I mean, your body knows what to do, right? We just need to allow it to be in the positions to keep moving. And so the body knows, you don't think about how to absorb walk or absorb impact when you walk. Your body just knows how to do it. And the same thing's true uh, when we're at our desk. If we just allow that subtle instability, I think it's it's a hard concept to think about, but by putting your body a little bit off balance, it knows what to do. It's when your body is put in this this flat environment that society is trying to create for everyone. You know, you can only focus if you're in this position. It's just not right. It's when the body is a little bit off balance that it does its best because it is that forward motion uh, that creates uh, kind of the optimal situation for our body to perform. It's no river will ever go stagnant when it's running. The same thing's true for our body. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, so beyond using like a balance board, like what other tools or I guess, strategies are you using uh, during your workday to, to be productive, to be focused? Like what else are you including in that kind of setup there? Yeah, I've dedicated all my career to graying the lines between work and play. And, you know, early in this kind of venture, I, I realized that play is kind of this word that not a lot of people like to talk about in work. It feels like it's an anti-productive or it's a waste of time. And so that that two millimeter shift on the word play is really creativity. And so, you know, I'm constantly looking for how can we stimulate creativity at your desk? Um, and so how do you manage that mind flow? So, you know, from from our side, you know, how can we have dry erase boards that allow you just to to doodle and do a lot of those fun things, jot down big ideas, little notes, all those kinds of things. So that's a that's a new product that we brought to the mix. But one of the things that I think is commonly mistaken and you know, coming from the outdoor life, I, I knew how important hydration was on the trail. And, you know, I carried a camel back and um, you know, I always had water, but the reality is when we come to work, a lot of us forget about how important hydration is and as important as movement is externally. So on our balance board or on a walking treadmill desk, it's really important that your body continues to move inside. And I, I was blown away at the stats that I saw that one out of two of us are dehydrated during the workday. Wow. And by simply adding more hydration into the mix, your body's more productive, your brain's fresher. They say if you're tired, the number one thing you can do is drink some water because it's probably a sign that you're dehydrated. And so hydration has been a critical component to what we've done. Um, and what we believe should be sitting on somebody's desk is a high volume of water because it it ultimately is the test. I mean, you drink a lot of water, you have to move, right? At some point, your body's going to say, I, I got to move. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I can't underlie how important hydration is to the mix and to adding movement into your day, both physically or both internally and externally. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. 
Now, here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. So I mean, a lot of people that ask me about standing all day, one of the questions that pops up is, you know, do you have to be like, I guess, physically fit enough to stand all day? And I ask that question also from my personal perspective that I've had back surgery uh, at least once in my life, hopefully not again. And I, I know how important back health is. And I know that when I stand for long periods, I that's where I, f- I feel it first is in my back. And so like, are there like, I guess, other means to stay healthy that will uh, like aid in a standing lifestyle or is it more of just like your body will adjust if you do it more often all you have to do is talk to anybody that's worked retail and they they will be the first to tell you that standing is really really hard right <laughs> and so you know i think when we went to standing desk everybody expected that to be the silver bullet but the reality was is that the standing desk is the vegetable We got to add some ranch dressing to the mix and make it fun and give the incentive to increase movement because that's really what standing is about is is how do you get your body to move. And so I I think you have to kind of shift the perspective into a movement-based mentality rather than a a sedentary standing-based mentality. And so um, you really have to kind of make those tweaks along the way. I'm not sure if that answered your question, but that's movement is the key to this situation, not necessarily to stand or not to stand. And so, um, you know, when you're working retail, making sure that you're not standing in one position and sitting hard in a hip, which we tend to lock our knees out and do all those kinds of things. So having a mindful stance is as important as anything else. And by creating instability, your body subconsciously moves into that mindfulness rather than trying to tell yourself to get out of your hip and um, be on your toes, all those kinds of things that help throughout the day. So do you also take like intentional walk breaks or is that just kind of built into your idea of having like a movement-based lifestyle? I mean, the beauty is that, you know, being in uh, Santa Barbara, California is I can take all my calls outside. So it is mm. very rare that I'm ever on the phone inside and, you know, for a variety of different reasons from just getting a little bit of vitamin D to seeing that there's a bigger world out there than my desk. And uh, so I always take all of the calls walking Um, I always make sure that I'm spending as little time at my desk as possible. But the reality is, is that you got to get stuff done every once in a while too, right? So um, (laughs) work has to get done. My mom had a quote on her computer growing up. It was, um, the most dangerous place to see the world is behind the screen. And I think that's really true. And I think that's really been impetus behind what I've done in, in my career is how do we make sure that people are doing their best work in the world rather than behind a screen where sometimes you can be limited in what your thoughts or views of the world look like. 
You know, one of the things that I talk about a lot on this show that I think has really spoken a lot to me in terms of overall productivity is what you're I think you're hitting on here, which is, I guess, just being a healthy, energetic person who values being healthy, energetic, because I have found that the more that I kind of put an emphasis into those things, the more I get done and the more productive I am, the better I feel about my work. Like, is that kind of the mentality you have behind just a movement lifestyle or wanting to be outside more? Is that health is kind of before you would prioritize productivity? You know, I saw a presentation by Johnson & Johnson's Human Performance Institute, and they talked about looking at a an employee's energy level as the most important thing. We can't talk health when we're talking about our employees, right? It's something that's between that individual and their doctor or their family. And so health is that tricky one. But when you talk about energy level, that is really important. Like, let's think of it as a machine in a warehouse, if you will. If that machine was not at optimized with its energy output, you would oil it or fix it or you would be taking care of it, making sure it's getting the maintenance it needs. And the reality is for us as individuals in our work life is that we need to look at our overall energy levels and optimization for our performance just like an athlete does. And so, you know, how you sleep, how you hydrate, how you move, how you're taking care of mental stress, how you're dealing with all those things ultimately impacts your productivity at the end of the day. And I think we need to start to get real, not only in this country, but across that people are whole. You know, we can't say, hey, you didn't sleep well last night. Well, suck it up. Let's get it done today. You can for maybe a day, a week, a month. But the reality is, is that you have to pay energy back at all times. And so how do we start to fully embrace the holistic side of us as employees to get the optimal amount of performance of us as individuals and our entire team? So do you have any sp- like specific things that you do for exercise or fitness that you think has worked well? Because I know in the past I've run a lot of marathons and I found that the more that I got into extreme sports, like the more addicted I was to that lifestyle. So I, I love the idea that you were like on a mountain and skiing for meetings. I think that's great. So <laughs> do you have like other things that you try to do to maintain like your, your physical fitness? I do. I mean, I have, you know, the standard workout that I think many of us have. But the reality that I've gotten to older in my age, it's what I do in ordinary moments that is more impactful than what I do in that brief point of hour workout that I get a couple times a week or you know in a surf session or things along those lines. So when I look at the mindfulness that I take in just taking a 15 minute break when I start my morning, just to collect my thoughts, how I hydrate, uh, what I do to make sure that I am complete with uh, my social uh, group around me, making sure my family's good, making sure I'm good, asking simple questions of your team that is bigger than just the task at hand. Like, how do we look at ourselves holistically? I'm starting to sound pretty crunchy, like I uh, <laughs> you know, was raised in Boulder, Colorado, which I was. But the reality is, is that I think when we look at productivity, whether we're athletes or whether we are um, working on our latest project, it's all the same. What you put into your body is what you're going to get out. And we cannot continue to um, take cut corners and, and expect the same results. So I, I would encourage us all to look at ourselves as corporate athletes more and more. Hmm, I like that phrase. That's a good one. Um, you know, one of the things I love to, to talk about are productivity, I guess, tools or apps. And if you're the kind of guy who values getting things done, I think that you are. Like, Do you have certain, I guess, other strategies you might utilize, whether it's an app on your phone or a way to block apps on your phone or anything else that you do to, uh, is to make sure that when you're getting your work done, you truly are you know, focused and getting things done? 
You bet. Um, when I was at Wharton, I heard a professor, a neuroscience neuroscientist, talk about uh, a minute, an hour, an hour a day, a day a week, a week a year of taking that digital holiday during those time frames to really escape and allow yourself to just get lost in thought. It's one of the things that I had found that as technology increased, I tended to lose those really important times that I used to get on you know, big runs and things along those lines where I would, wouldn't be able to have technology to kind of uh, dictate what I was thinking about. And carving out those times just to be open to whatever thoughts or solutions that came. All of my best ideas have come when I've created space. And so from a technology side, at least in the last during COVID specifically, I've been trying to find ways to limit outside exposure into dictating what I'm doing or what I'm thinking about. So, you know, everything from just putting on just straight timers of saying, okay, you're done on this app has really helped me into not only be more productive and let's be honest, I probably have spent less time on the toilet too. And now that I'm limiting <laughs> some of that, but the reality is, is that a lot of what I've been focusing on is how to create space for the big thinking that really has allowed my career and the products we create to come out of the places that I wasn't proactively thinking about, if you will. Yeah, definitely. I, I like that balance. I mean, I think that for me has been, I, I call that phrase kind of like the crunch and release. It's like the crunch is when you're doing the work and the release, you're taking that that break away from it. And I feel like that, and you're, you're totally right, that that's what we miss if we're buried our heads in our phone at every break. And like that doesn't give us the chance to, to yeah, to be creative or to, to move forward in a really you know, productive way. Yeah, I think you can look at pro sports. I mean, it sounds like a lot of us are athletes that, that are into this world, right? And if you think about there was a time that it was all about power and how strong you were, and then it turned into speed and power, and that started to be looking looked at as the optimal athlete. And then we're starting to look at like your ability for whole movement and the ability for a body to be able to bend, not break. Uh, the, the ability to have power, speed, and agility is all starting to come together. And now I think we're starting to see that fourth element where it's about your mental toughness, whether it's dealing with ambiguity or resilience and all of those things. So that athletes are starting to become this total package. And I think that same thing is true for us in the corporate world or for me, the entrepreneurial world, that it's it's not only how I have power, speed, and agility, but also how I have the mental capability to not respond or react or things along those lines. So, um, I, you know, I think we can all follow what we see on the playing field and how we're working behind our desk in a better ways, how we hydrate, how we move, how we think and how we feel. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. 
Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5 a.m. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5 a.m. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5 a.m. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, speaking of thinking, you know, one thing I, I, that I feels like it fits in this conversation, too, is like meditation or other kind of intentional mindfulness practices. Do you have anything like that where you're trying to kind of hone in your ability to think more clearly or to really be more like on your game mentally? Yeah, you know, Headspace has been a tool that I've used, gosh, I, I think seven, eight years now. And, you know, I, I know it's become commercialized and, and all of those things, and it's maybe it's not the trendiest thing to talk about anymore. But, you know, I, I think for me, Headspace and specifically uh, the founder there, Andy, has just has been a, an incredible mentor. Never had a conversation with him, so I, I know that's weird to say, but has been an incredible mentor for me. And, you know, I have two kids now as well. And it, it's something that we're adding to the, you know, our daily routine of just helping them go to sleep and helping them deal with anger and all of those kinds of things. And so, um, you know, my dad was, was in the corporate world army for 25 years before that. And, you know, it, if, if we would have talked about meditation in his career, he probably would have been thrown out of the room. But now we, we're just subtly changing that language to mindfulness rather than meditation, and all of a sudden it's okay. And so what I would challenge us all is, what's the two millimeter shift in how we talk or how we think about something that allows it to come forward into, into places that those kinds of things were kept away? So the difference between health and energy is a great example on how we kind of put a new container around the same idea and say, okay, yeah, it does matter how I sleep and, and how my employees sleep and how they're productive. It does matter if my employees are stressed out um, with all the things they have going in their external world and how they work internally, et cetera. So Headspace has been a good one for me, for sure. I can't uh, say enough about that. You know, one thing on this podcast that I have been like really fascinated with is this idea of routines and habits that we stick to. And meditation definitely is one of those, I think, for you. And I'm curious in terms of if you have an ideal morning, if you're going to wake up tomorrow and do the things that set the tone for your day, like what kinds of things are you really wanting to ensure like really are, are included there? Well, my dog blew that one up this morning because... Uh... You know, if you have a dog, every once in a while you wake up to some unforeseen circumstances. So my routine was totally out the window today. But uh, for me, the morning meditation is the biggest one. Um, and then just kind of clearing myself for what are the three biggest things that I want to get accomplished today and just creating intention around those three and then allowing myself to kind of clear out the queue, whatever that queue is, emails or tasks. So I just can... Um, take a, a quick half an hour and queue out, cl clear out the box. So when I come into the office or wherever I'm working that day, that the real work is there and not all the, the junk, if you will. And so that is the biggest meditation um, practice that I've done. And uh, the system that I've created um, is, is really important. In a bigger picture, one of the things that I go back to is the 70-20-10 formula that I, I talked about and how you move from sitting to standing. It's one of the things I look at in innovation as well is that 
I invest 70% of my time and resources personally, as well as our company, into making sure that we deliver on the bread and butter of today. So the core projects, the job description, whatever it is for you that your daily responsibilities are, dedicating 70% of your time. But then taking 20% of your resources of time and money and dedicating it to organic extensions, whether that's a product line or whether that's you know your own personal life you can look at, of how do I create organic extensions. So for us in the product world would be what new products would my existing customer be willing to take from us? And how do we create so that our business in two to three years starts to look different than it did today when we were just investing in just the 70%. And then lastly, an investment in 10%. And when I talked about going from sitting to to moving, that 10% was about movement. Here, that 10% is about innovation, is how do you make sure you invest a little bit of your time, just 10%, into making sure that you have a whole new horizon um, of possibilities. And so what do you want to be? You know, do you want to learn to play the guitar in a personal life from a professional side? What new um, things can I learn that'll make me better? Or what new products can I bring to the mix that's going to make me an entirely different company in 10 years than I am today? So that 70-20-10 is a formula that I try to bring to how we budget annually, how I spend my time personally, and uh, how I have a 70 a 2010 board that just sits on my desk. And here are the projects that are in 70, here's the projects that are in 20, and here are the projects that are in 10. And from that, it allows me to shape my day to be as innovative as I want to be. Because otherwise, I'm just going to spend my time and all of a sudden I'm going to be like Blockbuster. And I invested everything just in my 70 time and didn't see the innovation that Netflix had with streaming, um, you know, and, and changing the company and changing who I am as an individual. So is this formula a, a daily calendar idea or weekly or monthly or, or all the above? I, I think it's all the above. I, I try to keep it as simple as possible. I just keep three running lists and projects come and go that fall off that list. And for me, I'm a person that wakes up in innovation. So for me, it's a highly disciplined of not chasing the shiny object that I constantly am putting in the 10 list, if you will. So for me, it's about discipline of not chasing the 10 beyond the 10% and and coming back to the 70. So I'm constantly having to hire people around me, um, reminding me that the 70% is really important because, you know, it, in past jobs, I've come in and just created so much innovation and so much disruption that I've created chaos more than I've created order. And innovation is only good when it's additive and, and makes our lives better, right? Um, and creating innovation just for the sake of innovation can can be out of whack. So for me, I, I don't put it into my calendar on that level of discipline saying, hey, here's my, my 10 hour, if you will. Um, but I think it's something that you can bring to the mix. And Sometimes, you know, I, I think you can even take that a step further and looking at 1% of, for me personally, or key relationships in my life is 1% of my awake time. What can I dedicate just to making things a little better? Like those little ordinary moments that that are big things. And so, you know, specifically for my wife, you know, I, I know what her 1% is. And by giving her quality time, just 1% one, 1 of my week is, you know, just a little bit over an hour. So what can I dedicate to an hour to making those things work? The same thing's true for us in self-care is what is our 1%? What are little things that we can do that can just make us a little bit better? So um, I add that 1% 
but I try not to do it all the time because it makes it a little bit more complex to deliver. But that 70, 20, 10 is the, is the bigger formula that I tend to root my day in. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you're kind of more of the innovation idea guy because I find myself being more of the 70% guy. I kind of miss that innovation part and that, that growth aspect. What do you think ha- allows you to, to innovate well? Are you like constantly trying to research and just explore new ideas and brainstorm? Or how do you like, go about the process to, to think bigger, I guess, in that sense and really uh, to push yourself like that? Mm. Yeah, it, one out of three entrepreneurs are dyslexic. And I, I didn't find that I was dyslexic. I, let me say this. I, I didn't get that that uh, title, if you will, <laughs> until later in my uh, my young adult life. But I always had struggled with a lot of those things. But one of the things that I believe is that shift in how I put a container around dyslexia is that I was given the gift that I think a little bit differently than a lot of the world does because I see the world differently. And so I marvel at individuals like yourself that can take an operational or integrator type role to it. Um, for me, my gift is being a visionary, is that I can see a couple steps ahead, but I have a really hard time getting you from A to Z. And so I think it's that combination of individuals that are really powerful. And um, for the entrepreneurs out, th- out there, there's an EOS, uh, which is a a system that talks about the visionary and integrator. And when those two come together, it can truly be dynamic, but rarely does one individual have both of those components. So I think it's really about embracing what you're great at and really uh, bringing people along with you that do the things that you don't do well. So yeah, you know, for me, I finally just gave up that operations is not going to be, it's something I can understand, but it's not something I'm going to wake up thinking about. Um, so I need to hire around me that way. So um, I wish there was a silver bullet. I, I think we all are creative. I think we just have to carve out the time to be able to do that. And that's really what that 10% aspect is really allowing. It. Um, creativity is not just an artist. It can be uh, operators too, or creative in how they find solutions to problems. Well, I think what you're really saying here is just, you know, being intentional about leveraging your strengths, but also being intentional about, you know, finding that solution for someone else if you have to, to really have that, you know, that counterbalance to bring out the best in all of us. But I think that just that simple idea of being intentional about acknowledging, like, here's where I excel, here's where I don't, but let's build a calendar that, you know, allows me to kind of get all those things addressed. Intentional with moderation is what I mm. I would say. Because that 70-20-10 is all about moderation. It's the same thing about sitting or standing. If you get stuck in any one of those, you're in trouble. Mm. If you move and flow through all of that, you tend to have a lot more um, end results at the the end of the day. So I I think it's that intention for sure, but moderation with that intention. And, you know, I've I've been surrounded by a lot of extreme athletes throughout my life. And I I would always argue that I think at some degree there's a big unhealthy side of that addiction to the long, hard push. It's that moderation that really is special, in my opinion. And that multi-sport athlete that our society is losing so much, you know, I think is where uh, we find kind of true health and true productivity and the best athletes in the world. Yeah, that's a great, great point. I love that. Uh, Joel has been great. I, I really learned a lot. You really caused me to think through like what I'm doing and to do it better. So I really, really appreciate that. Uh, for our listeners this week, where can they learn more from you and, and the work that you're doing and the products you've got going on? Like, Where, where can they find you? I am all in on Fluid Stance right now. So uh, Fluid Stance is, uh, com is the best place to find what we're up to. And then, um, you know, just from... Uh, 
from my personal work, you know, I, I tend to just invest there and in, in our blog. Um, I'm kind of a little bit old school there. So uh, you can check in on me at fluidstance.com. And uh, I, I just hope everybody's inspired to move a little bit more, um, especially this time of year is when we tend to hunker down. And with COVID and all of those kinds of things that are happening, um, the more that people are asking you to stay put, the more it is important to move, even if you have to stay in one spot. I love it. Fantastic. Well, thanks again. Thanks, Jeff. And for that action step this week, check out the balance boards from Fluid Stance. I've been using one of these boards for eight years, and I'm still loving it. I'm on one right now. Whether or not you choose to use a balance board, just make a plan to move more every day. As Joel pointed out, movement is the goal. Activity is healthy. Whatever you do, just don't stay in the same place all day long. Keep moving. Now for the show notes page this week, go to jeffsanders.com slash 370. And that's all I've got for you this week here on the show. Until next time, you have the power to change your life. And the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.